was a blessing, and uh, taught a session in our classes uh, when we were here, and uh, challenged challenged the men about uh, preaching the gospel and going into all the world, and uh, thank the Lord for him. Well, it's a joy to be here with you all, and uh, again, and it's been it's been a blessing, and we just just want to, on behalf of the men here, just to thank you so very much for uh, hosting this uh, for us here uh, each, uh, as I say, each year, but it's every every other year, and uh, it's just your, just your sacrifice and your giving, uh, providing us a place to stay. I mean, I couldn't imagine having to find you know a motel room at uh, you know. At, at minimum, what two hundred dollars a room? Uh, you know, in Oklahoma City, that would be you know a room laced with gold. <laughs> but here, that's the minimum I think for a motel, maybe. So thank you for the uh, place to stay, and then for feeding us and taking care of us. Good night. I think I don't know. I may have gained ten pounds. I mean, you know, <laughs> just wonderful uh, cooking, and and so it's such such a blessing uh, uh, for you hosting this and giving. Uh, sacrificing for us to be here, and I know it's an invaluable time for uh, these men to see what it's like, and, you know, Brother Montour always, when he comes to Heartland to uh, uh, to talk about it, he says, you, you, just, you just have to come to see it, you know, you just, you, you just can't believe my words, you have to come see it, and it's very true, and uh, we you know, talk all day about New York City, but until you come to see it, and the, and the, the city here is just... And walk away and say, boy, Brother Montour was right. It's, this is unbelievable. It's like a different country here. And uh, what, a, what a great need there is here in this city. And not just this city, but, you know, around the world, uh, is cities that uh, need the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm thankful that my wife came along. Uh, I, I know you got, you know, in fact, someone made a comment. Boy, we, we see you all the time. I'm so thankful to see your wife. I know what you're saying. You're just tired of seeing this face, right? I understand. <laughs> so I'm thankful that she was able to come along this time also and, and, uh, and to be with us. So, uh, well, if you would tonight, uh, we're going to look in the book of Ruth. The book of Ruth. Wonderful book, wonderful story. We, appreciate, we do appreciate uh, your church also there at Heartland and uh, the, your sacrifice and giving to the college and investing, uh, you know, and sending students, but investing there and giving financially. And, uh, just thankful, so thankful for your love for the college and training others to, to, to go out into all the world. We just, again, thank the Lord for that. And uh, your church is a blessing. But the book of Ruth and Chapter number one, and we'll be reading here, we'll start with verse number one, and we'll read to verse number 18. Now, it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled. So, this story took place in the time, you know, the book of Judges. Uh, I don't know exactly when, but that's sometime in the book of Judges. When It says, when the judges ruled, so that's the time period that's talking about, that there was a famine in the land. And a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. Okay, now, first of all, that was, that was a wrong choice. They were not to go to the country of Moab. You know, at, at the time, they were actually under the, 
chastisement of the hand of God, this family, because of their sins. And, and so that they were to stay there. They were not to sojourn into Moab, a country, a pagan country of pagan idols and all that. And, and, and we see what happens here of, of a wrong choice that this man made, of the hand of God against him because of the choice that he made. It goes on to say, verse number two, And the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife Naomi, and the name of his two sons Malon and Chilion, and Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left, and her two sons. And they took them wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Orpah. In the name of the other, Ruth. And they dwelled there about ten years. And Malon and Chilion died also, both of them. And the woman was left of her two sons and her husband. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law, that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. Wherefore, she went forth out of the place where she was and her two daughters-in-law with her, and they went on the way to return into the land of Judah. And Naomi said unto her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as ye have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant you that ye may find rest, each of you in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voice and wept. And they said unto her, Surely we will return with thee unto thy people. And Naomi said, Turn again, my daughters, why will ye go with me? Are there yet any more sons in my womb, that they may be your husbands? Turn again, my daughters, go your way, for I am too old to have an husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have an husband also tonight, and should also bear sons, would ye tarry for them till they were grown? Would ye stay for them for have uh, from having husbands, nay, my daughters, for it grieveth me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. And they lifted up their voice and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go, and, whether, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Where thou diest, I will die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. When she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left, speaking unto her. Well, at this time, let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll get into our message this evening. Dear Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the day today. So thankful for all those who came into your house this morning, for the visitors that were here. We pray, Lord, that the Holy Spirit would continue to work in hearts and lives. For those who have never trusted Christ as their Savior, we pray that they will repent of their sins and give their life to Christ. So thankful for the good report of of also the... uh, services there in Greenpoint, and Lord Howe, that you're continuing to work uh, there, and we're so thankful for answered prayer and receiving the letter, and, and uh, Lord, we do pray for the work as it continues on there at, at that church and the building, and, and Lord, we do pray for our service here tonight, and 
Lord, be with us, and I pray the Holy Spirit would take the words of God and speak to our hearts and lives here this evening. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, what a wonderful story we have here, the story of uh, the book of Ruth, and a great uh, story, really, of salvation. And uh, so it's, we're just going to look at just a part of it here this, this evening. And the title of my message is True Devotion. True Devotion. Uh, we could also... Uh, title it this way, How to Make the Right Choice and Be Dedicated to It. How to Make the Right Choice and Be Dedicated to It. Did you ever make a choice and then find it difficult to stick with that decision that you've made? <laughs> I think we could all raise our hand and testify, yep, I've, I've made a choice. And boy, afterwards, like, why in the world did I even make that choice? How am I going to fulfill this? How am I going to you know, get through this? Students are looking here at me like, yep, I've, I've done that with some classes. Maybe I took one class too many. Lord, why have I made this decision? How am I going to get through this semester, you know? And, and uh, sometimes we, we make decisions like that, but by the grace of God, he can help us through times of our own decisions, sometimes just foolish decisions that we make. And, you know, growing up, uh, parents uh, usually will help reinforce uh, decisions that we make, or they, they, they helped actually to shape our decisions, right? And they have a way of uh, making sure that we do what's right. And the, uh, what we call the, what, the, uh, how, did, how does that saying go? The Board of uh, Education, the Seat of Education, or something like that, you know, the, they make sure that we follow in the right direction. And there's laws and, and authority, you know, in our country and in, in, uh, in our lives also to help to, uh, help us do what's right. You know, as you're driving down the highway, there's speed signs to, you know, to make sure that we are supposed to keep within the speed limit and uh, to help us make the right choices, right decisions. There's a story about a juggler that was driving to his next performance and he's stopped by the police. What are those machetes doing in your car? Asked the policeman. I juggle them in my act. Oh, Yeah says the doubtful policeman. Let's see you do it. The juggler gets out and starts tossing and catching the knives. Another man driving by slows down to watch. Wow, says the passerby. I'm glad I quit drinking. Look at the test they're giving now. <laughs> you know, so there's, there's things that kind of can help. Make our decision to keep doing what's right. Okay? Uh, so, in our, in our story here, you know, there, you know, even in our lives, there are things in life really to help us make right choices and stick with it. Well, how about the Christian life? You know, what can help us make right choices for God and to stick with it? Well... Here in our story, Elimelech made a bad choice. And he suffered the consequences of the choice that he made. You know, he, he made the choice to not stay in Bethlehem, Judah, where he was supposed to stay. Yes, there was a famine, but it was because of their sins. But he made the choice, you know, let's, let's, let's go to Moab. Well, again, what happens is he dies, his sons die. And so here Naomi is left as a widow, and, and her daughters-in-law are left as widows. And as you read the story, you see here that, I mean, 
Uh, Naomi's really bitter at, about all this. She's, you know, blaming God. The hand of God has been against me, but it's, it is because of a wrong choice that her husband had made. Elimelech, really, his, the choice that he made, uh, he made his choice based upon economics, and he was more devoted to his pocketbook than to God. And when we are more devoted to economics and our pocketbook and worldly thinking, we can get ourselves into trouble. Yeah. Well, this evening we're going to focus upon Ruth and her choice. And we read the verses there, that her words to Naomi that she said, her, you know, what, what, uh, how did she make this decision, this choice? What made Ruth, we might say, so devoted to Naomi, and also so devoted to Jehovah God. Well, the, word de- the, the definition of the word devotion, I looked it up in Webster's 1828, and it says, the state of being dedicated, consecrated, or solemnly set apart for a particular purpose. goes on to say, another definition, a, a solemn attention. Again, this is in Webster's 28. This is, uh, in 1828, this is a solemn attention to the supreme being in worship, a yielding of the heart and affections to God with reverence, faith, and piety in religious duties. Devotion. True devotion. And really, this is what we see in the life of Ruth. So first of all, you know, you know again, what caused Ruth to be so devoted to uh, Naomi and, and, and Jehovah. Well, her, first of all, let's look at her devotion to Naomi. You know, Naomi's coming to Moab really changed Ruth's life. Yes, it was a, it was a wrong decision on the part of, of Elimelech. But God knows how to take a wrong decision and turn things around for good. Yeah. So first of all, Ruth, in, in, in her mind, she's thinking, you know, if, if Ruth, if, if Naomi, if they hadn't come, I would have not gotten married to, uh, to Malon. Okay. And because of them coming, she became aware of Jehovah. And she gave her life to Jehovah. And as we read here, she... she you know, accepted Jehovah as her Lord, as her God. Because in verse number, look at verse number 16. In her statement to Naomi, the last part of verse 16, it says, Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. So in other words, she turned her back on all her gods that she and her family worshipped there in Moab. And... Embrace Jehovah, embrace Jesus Christ. So if it wasn't for Naomi coming, now we're not saying that, that again, it, it was right for them to go. No, they, actually the family rebelled against God. But God, again, knows how to work through even bad situations. And so here, Ruth, you know, in, in her mind, in her thinking, uh, if it wasn't for her coming, if it wasn't for them sharing with me about Jehovah, because again, how did she know about Jehovah? Well, it's because of them coming. In other words, Naomi greatly impacted her life. 
And so she realized this, and in her thinking, her mind, if it, my word, if it wasn't for Naomi and, and sharing with me about the true and the living God, I would not know him. You know, who has impacted your life? Who has shared, who was it that shared Christ with you for the first time? Was it a parent? Was it a friend? Was it your pastor? That shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with you. You know, I could think back in my life, but, you know, I, I, I'm thankful I grew up in a Christian home. My parents knew the Lord, and, uh, and, and they took me to church and got me involved in church. And, and because of that, because of their testimony, of course, the preaching of the Word of God from my pastor and, and a youth pastor, and, you know, I, I, I trusted Christ as my Savior at a young age of nine. And that greatly had an impact in my life. And maybe you have a similar story. That's the reason why you're here tonight, is because someone shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with you. And you're indebted. I'm indebted to those who invested in my life. My parents, my pastor, Sunday school teachers, a youth pastor. And I imagine this is what, Naomi, what, what Ruth is thinking in her mind and uh, the investment that Naomi made in her life. You know, let's not forget where we've come from. Let's not forget those who have invested in our lives. Sacrificed even. Gone out on visitation. Maybe you received a tract. And, and uh, you know, there's been testimony of those that that uh, have, have been very hard to reach with the gospel and have cursed a preacher out or those who have or torn up the track. And I don't want anything to do with God. But then God kept working upon that person's life or that person kept coming back and being that witness and eventually that person coming to Christ. You see. If it wasn't for, and fill in the blank, where would I be? Where would my life be if it wasn't for that, that one person touching my life? And I'd imagine that the tragic deaths bonded them together. Ruth and Naomi and Orpah. You know. I mean, we, we read here in verses, here in verse, uh, you know, 6 and 7, and how just, just you know, as, as Naomi is leaving, the daughters-in-laws are following along. They don't want her to leave. In fact, they say, hey, we will both go with you to uh, back to Bethlehem, Judah. And they're very devoted in, in, in returning. So now here they are, returning back, planning to return back to the land of, of Bethlehem, Judah. You know, Naomi had so invested in Ruth's life that Ruth felt, I mean, she felt indebted to give to the one who gave so much to her. I mean, why wouldn't she want to invest her life into Naomi because Naomi has invested so much into her? Why wouldn't she want to give and to help her mother-in-law? I mean, here she is a widow. Here she is going back to her home. I mean, the, the journey is going to be long. It might be dangerous. I need to go with her. Yeah. You know, Ruth's devotion to Naomi was, was evident not only, listen, not only by her words, but also by her actions. Let's look at her actions here. Uh, you know, it, it says here in verse number, 
Uh, verse number 14, and they lifted up their voice and wept again. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her. That word clave is the same word that's used in Genesis 2.24, where the man and the wife, where it says, and shall cleave with the husband, and shall cleave unto his wife. Also in, the, in, in Psalm 63, 8, it says, My soul followeth hard after thee. The same kind of concept, cleaving unto God. Uh, Psalm 119, 31, I have stuck to thy testimonies to cleave unto the word of God. Same kind of word there. Where we have Orpah was just really it, where it mentions here about the kiss. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law. That was, that was just a farewell kiss. And she went back to her gods, went back to her people. Where Ruth clave, grabbed a hold of it, was not going to let go. So we see here, it, was, it wasn't just lip service. It, we, we see here really action played out in, in, in her life that she truly did not. It was, it was different than, and it, even, even as Orpah had already left and she's saying, you know, go follow Go follow your sister-in-law. But no, she is cleaving. Now, so first of all, we find, you know, what, what, what caused Ruth to make the, the choice that she did and, and being so devoted? Well, first of all, she realized the, the, the investment that, that Naomi made in her life. And if it wasn't for her, she would not know the true and the living God. But really... It was really, truly Jehovah that made the change in her life. Naomi was just the vessel that God used to change her life. So really, Ruth's devotion to Naomi came really as a result of her devotion really to the true and the living God. So now let's look at really Ruth's devotion to Jehovah. You know, all that Naomi, again, taught her daughter-in-law was really flowing well, it was you know, flowing through Ruth's life. Ruth clave really unto Jehovah before she ever clave unto Naomi. She heard the stories from Naomi. She heard what God had done, Jehovah had done for Israel, the people of Israel, there in the land of Egypt, bringing them through the wilderness. It could be that she had heard about Jehovah even before Naomi got there. Could be. We think of Rahab the harlot there in Joshua, chapter two. And when Josh, when, when Rahab hid those uh, spies, remember what she what she told them. Listen, we 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 heard what God had done there in the land of, of Egypt, and how you crossed the Red Sea, and how you've come across the the wilderness, and and what God did to those those kings of the Amorites and all this. We have heard all of that. It could be likewise that, again, Ruth and Orpah and their people have heard about the true and the living God, again, even before Naomi came out. Again, we don't know. So she heard, it. if not, then without a doubt, Naomi told her about the story, told her about her people. And she also confesses her devotion to Naomi and seals it with a Hebrew oath. Look at verse uh, Look here at verse number 17, the end of her statement that she makes here. We'll, and we'll look at verse 16 here in a bit. 
But verse 17, she says, where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. The, notice this here, the Lord. She says, Jehovah, do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. Do you realize that is a common, that is a Hebrew oath? And she's, she's taking this oath and saying that, that God, do so, Jehovah, do, more, do so to me, and more also, if I, oh, death part me in thee. And so she truly confesses her devotion, not, only to, not, not just to Naomi, but to Jehovah himself. Now look at verse number 16. We really see her, her true repentance in her heart. I mean, true repentance. She plans to leave all that she knows. Look at where it says, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following thee. For whether thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people. And thy God, my God. She truly repents. She plans to leave all that she knows. The country that she grew up in. The people, the friends that she had, her family, her gods. And really to begin a new lifestyle with a a different people, a different culture. She really shifts her allegiance from one religion to the people of Jehovah, the true and the living God. That is true repentance. To put your faith, and let's put it in our vernacular of, of our day and time, is to, true salvation is to put your trust and faith in Jesus Christ alone and no other. And that means to denounce any other gods that is in your life. You know, for example, uh, I'll never forget witnessing to this friend, uh, Hindu friend of ours there in Kenya when we were missionaries there in Kenya. And, you know, he said, well, sure, I'll trust Christ as my Savior. Sure, I'll receive Christ. And I told him, well, this, this means that you must denounce all other gods. And he said, oh, well, I'm not willing to do that. Okay. Then he's not ready to be saved, you see. And so you must be careful, obviously, with Hindus because it's, their religion is very inclusive. It's, you know, they have 330 million gods, so what's just another god, they would think, in their mindset, see? No repentance, true salvation is realizing that you are a sinner, that you are on your way to hell, that there's, that there's no other way to heaven, that Jesus Christ is the only door, the only way to heaven. That means you realize the way that you're going is wrong, is sinful. The gods that you are following are false gods. They're not really gods anyways. And you make that change of mind, that change of heart, and accept Christ and confess Jesus as Lord, and you follow Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what Ruth has done here. And for some, that may mean to... Leave family and leave everything that you know because your own family follows false gods and false religions and a false way of life. You know, Ruth's decision 
to devote herself really to Naomi and to Jehovah, to the true and the living God, came with a price. It came with a price. She, had to, she counted that cost. Uh, Ruth counted the cost of true devotion, what true devotion really means. Hey, listen, first of all, there were, there were going to be difficulties in Judah. Okay? Uh, first of all, she would not be accepted in the land of Judah. She wouldn't be. Uh, look at, uh, okay, chapter 2, look at verse, go to chapter 2, verse number, uh, verses 8 to 9, when she is, is talking here with, with Boaz. And I know we're kind of jumping here, we'll look, we'll look at a couple other verses kind of in the story. Uh, it says, then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter, go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Let thine eyes be in the field that they do, uh, that they do reap, and go, go thou after them. Have I not charged the young men that they should not touch thee? And when thou hast the thirst, and go to the vessels and drink of that which the young men have drawn. Notice that there. They would have harassed her. They would have given her a hard time. Boaz charged his men, charged the people not to give her a hard time. Another thing also, she would not have been able to get married. What? That, now turn back to chapter 1. In the land of Judah, she would not have been able to get married. They would, none of the families would have, uh, uh, Giving, of, giving of, of, of their young men to be her husband. And that's why we have the wording here of, of Naomi to Ruth. That's why she says here in, the, in chapter 1, as we read here, uh, verse number 11, Naomi said, Turn again, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there yet any more sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Now, why would she say that? Because she knew. That if, if they would go back with her to the land of Bethlehem, Judah, there would be no one that would marry them. To marry a Moabitish woman. So there would be difficulties. Extreme difficulties in going back to the land of, of Judah with Naomi. See. Well, not only would there be difficulties in the land of of Judah, but listen, how about the attraction of an easier life in Moab? I mean, she had her family back there. I mean, look at verse number 8. And Naomi said unto her two daughters-in-law, Go return each to her, to her mother's house. And the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. And, you know, they had their family back in Moab. She would be able to marry back in Moab. Verse number 9 is what it says. The Lord grants you that you may find rest, each of you in the house of her husband. Well, they, they weren't married yet again, but you know, Naomi's assuming they, they go back to their own land, to their own people. They get married again and find rest in the house of, of, of her husband. Uh, you know, it was, it was there in the... Uh, uh, let me see. Okay, there in the Orient... You know, young ladies in the Orient had little hope of, of life, of any kind of life of usefulness and happiness without being married. 
And so that's what Naomi is saying here. The Lord grant you that ye may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. So she would have her family back in Moab. She would have, uh, she'd be able to get married back in Moab. Uh, she knew the way of life there. She, you know, the, the culture she was, she was familiar with, uh, her religion, their gods. You know, verse 15, look at verse 15. Naomi uh, mentions to Ruth and she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law has gone back unto her people and unto her gods. So it would have been a whole lot easier going back to Moab than it would be to follow Ruth. You know, going back to Moab would be really the choice of least resistance. would be really easy. But you know, there's nothing... Look, look at verse number 17, where Ruth says here, Where thou diest, I will die, and where thou... Where and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. Nothing short of death could stop Ruth's love and devotion for Naomi. Wow, what, what true devotion that is. She counted the cost of what it would cost her to go to with her. She knows the price, that she, what it is. And she knows what kind of, really, it would be a whole lot easier choice in going back to Moab, but her heart, her devotion was, first of all, obviously, to Jehovah. That is that's what truly changed her heart and life, but also devoted to Naomi. You know, it's, in talking about making choices and, and being truly devoted to the choices that we make, it's, you know, our flesh really desires the path of least resistance. Does it not? Yeah. Uh, and that's what we all struggle with, <laughs> is uh, a comfortable choice, a comfortable life. Uh, and, and we make these choices like this. and uh, Well, sometimes we do anyways, but uh, really our, our flesh, this, we all battle with this, is making choices that are the most comfortable, the most easiest choice. Yeah. But Ruth made the choice of being totally devoted to Naomi, no matter... Now, here, here's, here's the easy life. Okay. But here's... I don't know what's ahead of me going to Bethlehem, Judah. But I just know I'm devoted to Naomi. That's true devotion. And kept her focus. Without the outward circumstances say, affecting her. So Ruth was devoted to Naomi to the point, listen, to the point really of self-denial to her own comforts without even knowing if, if, if she'd ever marry again. No matter what the cost, she would be with Naomi. Wow. Think of that. Should not that characterize our life as a Christian to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Wow. Now you think about that. Well, I'm just thinking about my own life. Hmm. Yeah, there's been choices I've made that's really hasn't been the best. I know in my own personal life, I sure can do better <laughs> in my devotion to my Lord and Savior. 
when I consider the choice that she made, the difficulties that she would face in going to Bethlehem, Judah, and the choice that she could have made is going back, the easier life, uh, uh, the easier choice of what's comfortable, what's known, and going back to Moab. But she made the choice of following Naomi no matter what it cost. And that really truly is, is what ought to be characteristic in our life as, as believers. Is being truly devoted to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, if a heathen Moabitish girl can become so devoted to her mother-in-law and to the Jehovah God, again, what about you and I? You know, we should love the Lord. We should, we should love the Lord to the point that we are willing to deny ourselves to make sacrifices in our devotion to Him. We ought to give of our time and our resources to the point that we would... Listen, that we would like to purchase things for ourselves, that we would like to do things, but because of our giving to our church and to our Lord and because of using our time for the Lord, we cannot buy the things that we like or cannot do the things that we like because of our devotion to Jesus Christ. We ought to get to that point in our life. Are we... Truly devoted to our Savior. Now, I understand, yes, we have to live in this world and put food on our table and a roof over our head. But are we truly devoted to Jesus Christ? You know, I just you know, thought of our country, and the, the, uh, especially back in the time of World War II. The men and women of our country sacrificed. They had all kinds of, you know, they had rubber drives and steel drives and uh, 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 just, just, you know, in sacrificing, gathering up all kinds of things for the cause of the war. Because there was a war going on. Do we not live in a day and age that there is a war going on? Oh, yes, I understand that there's, there's physical wars going on and fightings, but we're talking about a spiritual war that's taking place. And I'm thankful, again, for, for your church and how you do sacrificially give uh, uh, for missions around this world and supporting missionaries. And, and now this, this church building that we've acquired, you've acquired there in uh, Greenpoint. And you may wonder, boy, is it really worth it? Is it? It is worth it. And it is going to take some sacrifice. But can I encourage you there with that? Hopefully this is going to be an encouragement to you here tonight. That It is worth the sacrifice. And really we ought to not look at it really as a sacrifice, but really a, 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 out of a heart of love and devotion to Jesus Christ because of all that he has done for you. you know, we need to realize that, that you know, no matter what decision we make in life, if it's right or wrong, really there is a price that we have to pay. I think of the, I just, I just think of you know, a few stories off the top of my head here. David and Bathsheba. David, the choice that he made in adultery and then murder. He didn't lose his life, but he sure paid the price for that. There were consequences to his choice. How about Lot? And the choice that he made to pitch his tent towards Sodom. He lost his wife. He lost his 
some of his children, really all of his children, left with nothing. Except for the two daughters. And well, that was a mess. But now how about other choices, such as the choice that Abraham made of obeying God and following God. And God blessed him. How about Joseph and making right choices and living for God? Even though, yes, it, 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 it cost him, but yet the blessings of God upon his life. Or how about Jesus Christ and the choice that he made to come to this earth? Yes, it cost him his life. He bore the sins of, of, of the world upon himself. And listen, he will bear, he, he, he bears the scars of our sins throughout eternity, the prints in his hands, the scar in his side, and the scars in his feet for all eternity. He'll bear those scars. But yet what great blessings came out of the sacrifice that he made for us. Yeah. So there is a price to pay no matter what choice that we make. So can I ask you this question? So, you know, how, do you, how do you make right choices? How do you make the right choice? And then how do you stay devoted to that choice? Well, let me give you a few points from this story that we just read. Well, verse number 9. Look at verse number 9. Where Naomi says, The Lord grant you that you may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voice and wept. First of all, listen. Your choice must be... Uh, Listen, your, your choice must be made on truth. Let me put it this way. Your choice must be made upon truth instead of emotion. Okay? It's not wise to make an emotional choice. There was a lot of emotion wrapped up in here, right? Hey, a lot. Man, Naomi was leaving. Uh, you know, here they all are widows. A lot of emotion involved here. And when, you know, when, when things, let's say, for example, bad things happen in our life, and, well, things can get cloudy, can, can get foggy in our mind, and we maybe not, can't even think straight. It's not wise to make a major decision in times like that. Because, boy, our, our mind, our emotions can play tricks on us. Sometimes we just need to wait upon the Lord and trust Him. And we need to make decisions based upon the truth of God's Word. Not our emotions. Our emotions are up and down. Like this. So don't make choices based upon emotions. Based, but based upon the truth of God's Word. If you need godly counsel, the Bible talks about it. You know, in the multitude of counselors, there's wisdom. Seek godly counsel. The counsel of God's word in making right choices. Second of all, the choice that you make will involve other people. Look at verse number 10. And they said unto her, Surely we will return with thee unto thy people. So we have Orpah there, Naomi, uh, Ruth is there. The choices that we make will affect other people. And we have to be careful not just to follow the crowd or follow people that's around us. Follow what you need to do is follow those who will lead you 
to the place of blessing. Naomi was going to the place of blessing. Ruth had that influence of Orpah. She decided, eh, eh. I've counted the cost here. No, it's not worth it going to Judah. I'm going back to my I'm going back to my gods. I'm going back to my people. There was there could have been that pull there even for Ruth. But she didn't make her decision based upon what Orpah her decision that she made. So we have to be careful about the influence of of other people around us. We need to follow those who will lead us to the place of true blessings in our life. Also, many times a choice will look quite radical. Look at verse number 14. And they lifted up their voice and wept again. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law. That was a kiss of goodbye. But Ruth clave unto her. And the choice that she made was truly quite radical. I would, I'd imagine, uh, you know, it, it, her people would have thought, are you crazy? What are you doing going to a place that, in fact, this is what Naomi was telling her. Listen, you won't be able to get married there. Ruth, go back to your people. Do you, you don't understand what the choice is. So even Naomi was trying to encourage her to go back. This is really a radical decision. What are you doing? If you don't know Christ as your Savior here this evening, you may be thinking in your mind, if I, if I trust Christ, what will my friends think? What, I will have to give up this and that. And they may think I'm crazy in trusting Christ. Yes, it is quite a radical decision. But it's worth it. It's worth the decision to trust Christ. Yes, you may have friends, you may have family that, that may reject you, and, and maybe you're sitting here, and you, and, and you know what, what that choice meant to you. And you have family members that, that do not believe the way you do. And it's been hard. Yeah. So maybe the choice will often, many times, be a radical choice. And then, verse 15 and 16 as we see here, the comments that, uh, as, as we read there, verse 15, but verse 16, Entreat me not to leave thee, or return from following after thee. For whether thou goest, I will go. Where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. The choice that Ruth made was based on what was eternal, not on what was temporal. And in making a choice... You need to make the choice on what is what's of eternal values. For example, when you think about maybe maybe you're considering changing your job. Are you considering how it might affect your coming to church on Sundays? Or where it may take you? Is there if you have to move is is there a good church where you'll have to move to? So the decision, major decisions that you make, you need to make it based upon eternal values instead of just temporal, instead of, oh, yeah, well, man, I'm going to get so much more in salary. And yes, but OK, that's, that's true. But what about your spiritual life? How will it affect your spiritual life? How will it affect your family? She made her choice, not in temporary values, but on eternal values. 
Another thing you need to be mindful of in making choices is that your choice will be tested. It will be tested. I mean, the, the choice that she made here, it was actually tested by Naomi. Naomi tells her, she says, Behold, thy sister's long gone back into under, under her people, under God's return. She says, No. I'm committed. I am truly devoted. Yep. And again, how, how, how did she make this? Because she, listen, God did a work in her life. God so radically changed her life, and she knows the true and the living God and the investment that Naomi made in her life, and her life is changed. How can she turn her back upon God? That's true devotion. You know, Christian, you know, again, what does true devotion to Christ look like? Well, we see it right here in the life of Ruth. But better yet, we see it in the life of Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John 17, 4, in John 17, 4, you don't have to turn there. He said, I have, he prays to his heavenly father and says, I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. He was committed, devoted to finish the work that his father sent him to do. You know, Christ has done so much for us. How devoted are we to him? In our resources, how devoted are we to Him in giving of our time and giving in, 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 in our service to Him? You know, it's the word. You know, what can help us to number one? First of all, to make the right decisions, but to stick with the decisions that we make, being in the Word of God, standing upon the truths of God's Word, being in God's house, being under the preaching of the Word. Amen. That will help us. And making the right choices of being devoted to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Sure, hey, yes, times get tough. And I understand right now, and again, with the, uh, this church building and, and, and what is taking place there, boy, it is exciting. But as we went through that building yesterday, yeah, yesterday, I believe, right? Yeah. My word, I'm looking at, there's a lot of work to be done here. And God will bless you for that. But you know, Jesus, when we think, boy, I don't know if I can give anymore. Remember what Jesus has done for us. God can enable us. And actually, as you read through the rest of the story, oh my word, what a blessing, what a story, right? And we don't have time to read through the whole story and preach the whole book. But you just, you know, go home and read the rest of the story of Ruth and how it turns out. What a beautiful, beautiful story. How that God blessed her. In fact, look, uh, let's look at one other verse here. What Boaz says to Ruth. Look at chapter 2 and verse, uh, uh, verse number 10. It says, Then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes? That thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger. And Boaz answered and said unto her, It hath fully been showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband, and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother in the land of thy nativity, and art come unto a people which thou knewest not heretofore. Notice this here. The Lord 
recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel. Notice this here, under whose wings thou art come to trust. Ruth's trust and faith was in Jehovah God. It wasn't in Naomi. It wasn't in anyone else. She put her devotion, her true devotion, to the Lord God of Israel. That's why she can make the choices that she did. Because God had done so much for her in her life. No matter, she, she did not know the future. In fact, it looked pretty bleak at the time. The boy, again, when you read the rest of the story, I mean, she is in the line of, of, of Jesus Christ being the, what is it, the great, uh, great-grandmother, I believe, of, of King David. Yep. Wow. Again, what a beautiful story. God knows how to take our lives. And, and, and what we learn from this is, is a servant who is very humble and desires to serve the Lord with all of her heart. And that ought to be, again, characteristic of our lives. You know, Jesus has done so much for us. Does not he deserve our best from us? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word tonight. And Lord, this has been convicting to me in my own personal life. And I know in my own life, I could do more for you. I'm so thankful for this church. And Lord, how already it's uh, sacrificed and done so much. I know for us here this week and for the college and now for this new church uh, building that's been acquired. And Lord, I pray that you bless them and uh, enable them to do the work that you've called them to do. I thank, so thankful for the Montoros and for their family and for their leadership here. And, and Lord, I pray that as we have looked at this story tonight, and Lord, how Ruth devoted her life to you and to Naomi, how you blessed her. Lord, I pray that you, can, that you will bless this church even more as they sacrificially give and serve you with their hearts and lives. Be with us now in this time of invitation together. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Let's stand together. Maybe tonight the Lord has spoken to your heart. Maybe there's ones that you know that need to know the Lord, need to be saved. Maybe you need to come tonight and, and spend some time with, with the Lord in prayer. Whatever the need is tonight, you come as, as, uh, as we sing, Brother Montoya.